Broadcasting from Oklahoma, the tornado capital of the world, home of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the University of Oklahoma Sooners. This is the Curated Experience Show, a weekly podcast about the customer experience with viewpoints you will not hear anywhere else. And now your host, author, and customer experience expert, Amos Tanuma. Welcome to the Curated Experience. I am your host, Amos Tanuma. Got my partner in crime, Bob Furness. Uh, Bob, you are fresh off of a cruise. Hope you don't have the coronavirus. <laughs> Welcome back to America. How are you, man? Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. I'm out of quarantine. Uh, <laughs> self-imposed quarantine, as everyone says. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, it was uh, was nice to get away and uh, to to reset and refocus. That's always a positive. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I've been I've been uh, been quarantined at home at home myself. I mean, you know, clients have canceled in person meetings and and all of that. So I've been I've been more home. My family has seen more of me than than they're used to. So uh, like uh, Dave Letterman said, you know, I, I love Dave Letterman. He he said that. Uh, before you decide to spend more time with your family, you should check in with them first. <laughs> so, so like, <laughs> because he's he's retired now, <laughs> he's doing. He's like, I should have asked them if they wanted to spend more time. Yeah, my one of my life goals is to, is to grow a beard the way he grew one when he retired. So that, that that's a that's a life goal. That that's like, hey, bud, I'm just out. Yeah, yeah. I don't care anymore. Yeah, I'm, I don't I'm, care anymore. I, I don't have to shower shape. All right, well, let's jump right into it. So. Today I wanna I wanna have a conversation about customer feedback, but specifically customer surveys. So let me let me let me set it up here, uh, Bob. And you know I can I can be extreme at times. I think this whole sending out customer survey business is dead. I I think there is no there there. I I don't know who it's serving other than. People are getting bonuses on MPS scores and all of that. So let me let me throw that bomb out here and just talk to me a little bit about what do you think about surveys? What's the state of surveys today? Whether they be phone surveys, email surveys, what's your what's your immediate reaction to the state of surveying customers today? Well, I think I think surveys with no action are dead. Um, I, I'm not sure I believe that we're going to stop surveying because we're we're not we're not seeing impact but um I, I i'm amazed at the number of times that i get a survey i've had a bad experience i share my my experience but i but number one i never hear back from the company and number two i realize that they haven't changed anything as a result of it um i i think surveying becomes less important as we spend more time focusing on uh, the details of the experience. So so if I understand my journey map, I, I don't need a survey to tell me where my broken uh, my broken pain points are right. Um, so I, I can use the survey to to augment that information. Uh, but you know we went through a process at a couple of universities, back, um, wow, maybe 10 years ago now, uh, where I worked with a friend of mine um, at a university that I had had done some consulting work with around customer experience. And so we flipped the, the, 
flipped the switch and made it about student experience. But we didn't just survey students randomly on items that that they wanted to tell us about. What we did is we spent some time in customer customer mapping and uh, experience mapping and and isolated where we believe according to the employee according to the employee and the staff where the problems lie and then surveyed about validation of the, of those problems and to understand whether where how how the customer said we should fix them right so so i think what you're saying is surveys in, in the traditional 1 to 10 would you would you hire would you hire us again or would you recommend us may or may not be telling us anything about that helps us be better as a customer service organization. It, it, exactly. Right. So if you, it, it, so t- today what you just said, just flipped it. And I don't know why I'm surprised, but uh, you've been always ahead of it. Like you were doing that 10 years ago is that, so if you think about most organizations you walk into today, right, they have this NPS score efforts, whatever the score is, right. That's the gospel that tells them what they're doing. And then based on that survey, they start reacting, Right. You just flipped it. You just instead said, no, no, no. This survey is a validation point, one data point, right? Uh, and, and what I'm trying to get to is that, you know, we have low response rate that is going down lower and lower every year. Um, to your point, there is no new information coming out of that survey. Like American Airlines didn't need me to do a survey to know that their own flight was late. They've got that data, right? <laughs> like they don't need a, a survey on whether well, but, it was on but- time. But to interrupt for a second, yeah. but how many times do you get a survey that asks you a question that you're like, what, you should have this information, <laughs> right, right? Right. Like right. you should, you should not be, you Don't should not me. be surveying me, asking me whether my flight was late. And if so, what were, what were my problems? You should know that my flight is late and you should be surveying me about the late flight. Right. That's the, that's the difference. Right. And, and, and there in. And then, you know, I hear more and more for clients, and I'm sure you do too, that the data is, is skewing more and more extreme, right? Meaning the people who sort of take the surveys tend to be more extreme, uh, mostly negative, right? And and you're losing that that voice. So so I think... Well, I, I've been on social media recently, and I'm absolutely surprised that anything would be extreme one way or the other, <laughs> because we're such a mellow, middle-of-the-road right. organi- <laughs> economy and... <laughs> And social structure right now. How, how in the world? How could you say that? I, mean, I can't imagine that. Right. It's uh, like it's like everything's the worst ever, right? So absolutely. So in that context, what I would what I'd love to hear from you, and I think our listeners w- w- would love to hear from you, is okay. Whether you are in the view of I think it's dead, we should kill it, or it should serve a less important role, it should be a complementary role. How do we replace it? If I am a customer service and a contact center leader, I am trying to get feedback that will help me be better. Uh, what are the other tools I should be employing? Um, you know, how would you advise me to say, how do I get feedback from my customer that helps me provide a better experience for them? Well, I'm, I'm going to flip again and say, um, how are you how are you interacting with your employees to understand where their struggles are because their struggles especially in a contact center 
their struggles are probably tied directly to the pain points of your customers. If I don't have an adequate knowledge management system that allows me, my agents, to not only uh, to, to find the right answer when they do not know the answer or to supplement their understanding of the answer with details, then probably somewhere on my scoring of my survey to my customers, it's talking about inadequate knowledge of the agent, which is not inadequate knowledge of the agent. It's inadequate knowledge of the system that supports the agent. So the, the first place that, that you look in, in my, if I'm a contact center leader, I, I probably am not, if I'm a contact center leader, I'm probably not going to win the battle with marketing that we're going to just stop all MPS scores. That That's just, it's become ingrained in our world. So I'm probably not going to win that battle. Yep. The battle that I want to win is, okay, so you're telling me that my MPS scores are a seven. So what are we doing about the three, the, the seven to 10 number? Because it's the 30% that's the problem. And again, that's where that's where we get into customer mapping and experience mapping and where we get into understanding where the problems are. And and I believe at least that the first place to go is to your employees mm. to to listen to your employees about that 30%. Um, you know, I'm I'm amazed and thank God they still that that customers are still doing this, but you pay a, cust- a consultant to come into your organization and talk to your employees so that you can find out where your problems are. <laughs> right. um, you know, uh, it, that that's fantastic. Continue <laughs> to do that if you're on this call because we do it better than you can. However, you can do it. Uh, you, you can talk to your customer, to your employees and understand where your pain points are. And, and more importantly, what tools are missing in your organization that support that cus- that, that, that employee and that customer. So if I think back to, um, you know, the recent, the recent interactions that we had, uh, with a large, um, healthcare company and we were, we were doing this work with a group of employees, leadership of this organization, um, at the end of a day in a room with design thinking principles, we identified where the problems were. We identified what the issues are. Now, the question is, what is the efforts that are going to, what are the action plans that are going to come out of that to do two things? To verify with your customers that these are indeed the most important issues. Sometimes you're surprised by that. And, uh, and then how are you going to, are you going to verify that the solution fixes the problem according to the customer. If what you're after is an MPS score that's improved that says I like you better. I'm I'm you're stickier than you were before. I will stay with you. I will work with you when things go bad. That's what MPS is all about. Right. Um and and I'll give you an example of that. Like if I went to the group of the employees and said at at, at this at this university no one at that university talked about the fact that what the student wanted was access to relationships with other students. Because as a staff, we were looking internally 
Mm. We were looking at problems internally. And, and so what we found was when we went to the student and we said, so these are the problems that we identified, validate these for us. Do you agree with these issues through a very structured survey process? What we also learned was the student said, yeah, that's important. But what's really important is I can't find anyone who likes to, I'm an English student who is now living in America and and I can't find anyone that wants to watch the soccer game with me, uh, the English soccer games with me at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, So what they were really saying was, I want relationships with people that are like me. I can't find those people. Now, what, what was interesting was, Somewhere in the original data, if I went back and looked, there were conversations about the ability to connect students to each other that 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 was in there, but it wasn't prioritized early. It wasn't prioritized as most important. So what you'll find is you probably can identify almost all of what the customer expects. What you can't do is prioritize how to what to fix first without some interaction with the customers. But you're not getting that from MPS scores. You're not getting that from from even pro, uh, quality type surveys where you go where on a scale of one to five where you're satisfied with this agent. Right. Because, you know, if I, the question is, were you satisfied? The more important question is, if you weren't, tell us how to fix that and then let me do something about it. That's the big that's the big gap that I think you're talking about. Yeah, and and it's that bias to to towards action that I that 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 you you put so eloquently that I want to really zoom in on. In that, let's face it, right? Surveys have become less about action. How many organizations have you walked into, and on the goals is we're going to raise NPS score by five points, even though no one knows what the heck that actually means. And if the score goes up by five points, everyone's like mission accomplished, right? It's more about this this sort of number. So I'd love you to get into a, in, in the year 2020, if you were starting a contact center today, given all of the tools we have, all of this listening thing you brought in QA, I'm sure AI plays a part into this. How would you advise someone to set up customer listening towards the bias towards action. So in other words, I would do, and and we don't have time to go into in depth, but you know, at a high level, you would say, look, I will do these three things because what, what, what you, what's important at Furnace Incorporated is not, I don't care what the number is, is that I want data and information actionable from customers so that I can make their lives better in a meaningful way way and sometimes that's qualitative and not not quantitative so with that in mind i given all the tools that are out there what does that stack look like to you tools you've, you've mentioned journey map you've thrown a few things out there uh, how would you in this hypothetical company how would you set up the tools and the processes to help you gather information t- with a bias towards action Uh, well, so now you're talking about where the tough part of the job comes in. Uh, how, how do I find the time? How do I allocate the resources? How do I define and, and, the and, next and, steps? And what, tools, and what tools would you use, right? So, you know, we, we've said that surveys, we've, you know, I've beaten surveys to death, but 
I've got listening tools now in AI. I, I, we've been re- recording a hundred percent of calls for all of these years, and only listening to point zero, you know, five percent of them. Uh, now I think I could listen to all of them if I wanted to with some tools out there, you know. So, so in essence, it's how do I get all of this? And then there's the customer journey. Do I do I start there first? find the the pain points and then use these other tools as complementary like what's the tip of the spear uh, because everyone who's listening today almost every company on earth when you ask them how are you doing they point you to their service score like every almost everywhere i go and you know i i i oftentimes don't say this as directly but i i sort of go i don't even know what the hell that means i don't know what your 70 point MPS score means other than I could compare it to others in your industry, but I, I don't know qualitatively if if the data you're getting is actionable. Um, I know that the respondents are skewed. So in, in this world with better tools, you know, where, where do I start? Like, where do I, what's the first thing I should go do if I'm really serious about taking action and not and not just a vanity score? Well, as a consultant, my my question when you tell me that your MPS score is on a one to ten, you're at a seven point five. I my my question is, what are you doing about the two point mm. the two point five that says says you're not, and and it's really more than that. Right. Uh, let, let's let's be let's let's see if Bob, who's not a math whiz, can give you some perspective on that. If I've got if I've got a, a scale of one to ten, and I'm at seven point five, uh, it's possible that of the uh, those seven point the, the folks that helped you get to a seven point five gave you a ten, which means that it's possible that there's a percentage of your people that gave you a five yep. to get you to seven point five. Yep. So first of all, your seven point five is not all roses and wonderful because you still got a, a certain amount of folks that are giving you fives fours, threes, and ones that are, that are skewing. So what's the, what's the inverse to your positive Mm. is, is where your focus is and should be. Uh, But what kind of tools you you named one speech analytics, Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's about understanding and reading your comments that that's the problem. The, the, the company that sent me that I gave a three to that said, tell us why you gave a three. And I wrote it in my comments, specifically how their process is broken. I'm about 99.97% sure no one read that. Yeah. Now it's possible they did. They sure didn't contact me. They sure didn't follow up with me. So, so would I have been more sticky as a customer? If you, if somebody had picked up the phone and said, Mr. Furnace, we're sorry this happened. Let me tell you, you want, you want to talk about how to make your customer service better? Support me after the problem. Yes. All statistics say that. But to, to your answer, I, I probably can't read the comments. So the first question is, do you have the tools to allow you, if you're taking it via an email or you're taking it via a web, do you have the ability to, to convert that information in a way that allows you to, to find the data? So the data tools... Uh, the digital data tools and then the voice data tools. Uh, I, it's been, 
what, like you said, it, it's been 15 years ago since right. maybe longer that I first understood the power of, um, of speech analytics with a bank out of Canada that was listening to their hundred thousand calls a day that they were getting, they were analyzing to try to find problems in their hundred thousand calls. Now it takes an effort to do that. It, it's not, it, it's like everything else yeah. within data. It, it's not about your data. It's about your data analytics. Yep. It's not about what information you have. It's about what information you're using and turning into actionable environments. Uh, in that case, one of the most powerful things that they talked about, again, 15, maybe longer years ago, um, they, you know, they pulled out a snippet of a hundred of a 60 minutes of real life problems uh, about the bank and and put together a, a presentation and put all of their executives in the room and said, OK, the CEO, they played it for the CEO who brought everybody into the room, basically locked the conference room's doors and says, for the next 60 minutes, your laptops and your phones can't be touched. Although I'm not sure we had everybody had phones back then. <laughs> but uh, but but the point was, you're going to listen to this. Right. Um, so oftentimes, so I, I bet you that the majority of the people listening to this, if you're of, of a, of a medium to small, a medium, small, large, small to medium company, you have some form of voice of the customer right. as an organization. But what is the voice of the customer telling you about the inverse data? And then how do you get to that data? You get to that data through speech analytics. You get to that data uh, by by manually assigning someone that's going to help define it. But the bigger piece is you get there, and, and this is not a pitch for me or for you, but you get there by hiring a consultant who's going to help you map out where your problems are and map your experiences. And if, if you don't, if you haven't spent the time to map experiences, then hire somebody to help you do that, to help you find where the pain points are so that you can focus on the things that are important. Uh, because that's really what you're after with the MPS score. Hey. You know what? You know what? I'll, 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 I'll back up. Yeah. That's not what the MPS score for. The MPS score is to say we're okay. That's it. Right. It's, it's it, not to say we're for, not okay. It's for bonuses. It's for give me a number that makes me feel good. Yep. Give me a number. And the evidence has been, I remember sitting in a room, I will I will save the identity of the innocent, and this company's MPS score went up dramatically, and I asked the question about why, and no one could articulate why, <laughs> right? But yet, there were big celebrations, right? Because then you, you, you turn it into an idol, right? You turn this score into an idol. I, I mean, listen... I get it. You got to have some numbers and see directionally where you're going to. But in the end, there, there are just some things, flaws in your business that, um, that it's, that it's beyond the score. It's about this qualitative things. And, and so, so to me, uh, if I listen to what you just said, if I can now listen to a hundred percent of calls and with speech analytics, bring in a little bit of AI, I can also read those comments and maybe uh, aggregate them in some sort of meaningful way. Again, the bias is towards action, right? A survey doesn't mean anything if I can't take action on it. There is, 
zero value in hearing from a hundred thousand customers that you have no plan you can't even consume the data much less take action on it right so it's it's that bias towards action i think all of a sudden now that i have that data at a meta level i now understand that these are some things i should go look into now i can use some other tools to drill in right now i could go okay we've got a real problem with x now let me go survey a subset of customer i don't care what score they give me i need you guys to give me more insights when you keep saying you have a problem with this tell me a little bit more and what will make you feel better about it all of a sudden i'm going yes that is a feedback voice of the customer program that i can get behind so 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 two 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 comments about that number one is um the tough part of what you just described is that we don't have the resources, the, re- the resources or the budget to do that kind of work in most contact centers. Right. So, so problem number one is have you, or, or item number one is that you have to build a, a, a story that allows you to put that person in place that if you're getting, if you're getting flack about MPS scores or you're getting, uncomfortable conversations about the level of service or the need to improve service, then you have to be able to articulate that I need the data to back up this information so that I can work on the right things. So therefore I need this headcount that allows me to do that. Number one. Number two is if you have a strong voice of the customer organization, Probably somewhere in that organization, there's somebody that will absolutely geek out if you come to them and say, so you gave me this much data and I know I have problems, but I don't know where those problems are. Can you help me isolate the data that we have today or help me design a survey that allows me to understand where the problems are better? Can you help me with that? That, that person's going to geek out over the fact that somebody's actually reading their voice of the customer. Yep. Somebody's actually wanting to do something about their voice of the customer. So therefore, you're going to get the help that you need in order to isolate that. So so that, that those two things are really important that you, you don't start to – you have to build this process. It's like you know when we first started talking about customer experience, we had been talking about customer service for a really long time. What we actually did is we began to look at the data in customer experience to say, here's how, here's where the problems are. Now what we have is we have this void of, so now we have all this data, but we don't have the details. So the next step in that is how do I, how do I help, how do I design, develop, hire an analyst that allows me to find what I already have or to identify how do I get more so that I get the right information? That's spot on. And, and to wrap up here, um, you know, it's about, as, as most problems are, do you have the right processes? Um, do you have the right tools, right? And, you know, depending on where you are, it means different things to different people. But I think the, the biggest thing that I took away from what Bob's saying is like, the voice of the customer, customer feedback in general has to have a bias towards action. So start there, start from a place of, how do I, and, and that may mean sometimes you have to start small. So if you have a small staff and you don't have all these resources, you put your, okay, we're going to tackle one problem at a time. Uh, but at least if you start to do that, 
um, everyone wins um, all the way around. And I, and I don't want to end before uh, uh, Bob um, uh, and, and our listeners, you know, we were ranked uh, the number five from the folks at uh, Feedspot in, in, in CX podcast. And uh, that wouldn't have been possible without you and our listeners. So we encourage everyone to, to keep subscribing and uh, hopefully uh, we are delivering value that's meaningful to you. And, and Bob, again, thanks. Thanks so much for being a partner in crime. And we're, we're glad you made it back uh, uh, coronavirus free. So, well, and, I, and I'll add to that. <laughs> yep. Thank you so much to your to your listeners. Um, I, you know, I, I love hearing from listeners. I, I, I think you're getting some feedback. Yes. Um, you you always put in my Twitter account. I'm I'm more than happy to connect that way. I'm on LinkedIn under Bob Furness. I'm I'm pretty easy to find. Um, I, I love the connections to to new people, and I love to hear from the details of what you're getting out of the podcast or what you would like to get out of the podcast. So, you know, communicate with me. Communicate with Amos. Tell us. Tell us. Are we going deep enough, or do we need to go deeper? Perfect. Uh, Bob's on at Bob Furnace on Twitter, on LinkedIn. We'll post this stuff out there. And again, uh, thank you all for listening. And until next time, remember, the experience is either random or intentionally curated. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Curated Experience with Amas Tanuma. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll join the conversation online by visiting us at curatedcx.com or at amastanuma.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-D-C-X dot com or A-M-A-S-T-E-N-U-M-A-H dot com. And please invite your friends and colleagues to visit our website or iTunes where they can check this and previous podcasts. This has been a Beyond LLC production. Check us next time for another edition of The Curated Experience.